your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea, with a rollicking song he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather beaten, he wears a hooded sash, with a silver hat about his head, and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. Trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And won. What up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. That's right, we're here to finish off the week the right way. Hopefully you enjoyed Thursday's show, a real good roundtable conversation. We recorded it on Monday night. All the uh, African-American hosts that are on the Locked On Podcast Network, it was actually eight of us. It was so funny, we kept going back and forth. It was like, it's 11, no, it's seven, no, it's eight. And, you know, by the time we actually got it recorded and got it done, it was actually eight, even though multiple times I said seven. And uh, before that, I thought it was 11 because at first it was, but uh, eight of us were able to come together like butt cheeks and make it happen. And I thought it was a really, really good conversation. Got a lot of positive feedback from it. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed the show. Hopefully you were able to take it in and also not only that, just understand where we were coming from on that conversation. Again, I think it was very meaningful. I got to give a lot of credit to David Locke from the Locked On Podcast Network for even coming up with the idea and saying, guys, this is what we need to do to make it happen. He really got things rolling, and he didn't have to do that. He could have just sat that one out and said, you know what? This is not a conversation. I'll let those guys talk about it on their own shows at their own time. That's cool. But he decided that as a network across the board, from the Locked On Football, from Locked On Baseball, looked on, Locked On Basketball. I mean, everything, every single podcast that is on the Locked On Network had that show on. I thought that was outstanding. It was great. And I got a lot of feedback that was positive. Hopefully, you took a lot of, away from it and understood where we were coming from. And again, I just got to thank David Locke a lot for even allowing us to have that kind of a platform and also coming up with the idea. So again, it's Friday. It's June 12, 2020, trying to end the week on a, on a high note, you know, trying to get up out of here on a high note and just, uh, you know, leave you with some positivity and some good football conversation. So that's what I plan on doing on today's show. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and your text straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. That's the number. We'll get to those, your calls and texts uh, coming up in segment number three. In segment number two, I'm going to talk about Derek Carr. And look, before you start saying, oh, God, here he goes. going to talk about Derek Carr. We're going to have a slander moment. No, it's not. It's not. It has nothing to do with that. On uh, Thursday on ESPN Central Texas, we had a conversation, and I started talking about the Detroit Lions. And it was funny. I was talking about the Detroit Lions running game. This is how this conversation went. I started talking about the running game of the Lions. Then it got into... Stafford, Matt Stafford, the quarterback. And then somebody texted in uh, on our Bush's Chicken text line and started talking about Dak Prescott. And it went to Dak Prescott. And so we started comparing and contrasting, like, who would you rather have, Dak or Matt Stafford? So there was a lot of things that I had to say about Dak Prescott compared to Matt Stafford and why I'd rather have Dak than Matt. And it's so funny because as I was having this conversation, in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, this could be a conversation I'm having about the Raiders and Derek Carr. So what I mean by that 
You'll find out coming up in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Here in segment number one, I'll give you the news and the notes of the day as I do on the daily. And before I get into that, let me tell you that I got another box of Built Bars in today. I got it in. Or actually, I got it in yesterday. Excuse me. 18 bars I got in. And uh, not only that, I got the, the boost drinks that you put in your water. You just put in your water bottle and you're good to go. I got that all on Thursday. So I'm restocked again, reloaded. I've bought these things now well, twice, and I had a free box that they gave us just so we could sample it. So I've had three different separate boxes of Built Bars come into the house, and I got them, and uh, I really, really enjoy them. And a lot of people have hit me up and said how much they enjoy them as well. So I uh, just wanted to pass that on to you. But I'll tell you more about the Built Bar here at the end of segment number one. But let me go ahead and get into the news and the notes of the day as I do on the daily. First and foremost, Adam Schefter, he put out a tweet saying Raiders first round pick Henry Ruggs, he was injured last month when he got pinned between a trailer and a car while helping a friend move, got stitches in his thigh but suffered no muscular damage and expected to be ready for training camp whenever it begins. That's per source. Again, that's from Adam Schefter, uh, ESPN's Adam Schefter, NFL insider. And really, really good news. I know a lot of people were up in arms. I was shocked and surprised when I heard the news about Henry Ruggs. And matter of fact, someone had to bring that to my attention. I didn't even realize that that had happened to him. And I just kind of was like, I don't know. I haven't heard that yet. And then all of a sudden it was like fast and furious. It was almost like a wildfire. It caught. And I said, okay, all right, that's what happened. And so definitely not ideal. That's not the way that you want to start your NFL career by having a major thigh bruise. But apparently it looks like he just got stitches in his thighs. He suffered no muscular damage and he's good to go for training camp whenever that's going to begin. And I actually have a date on when that's going to begin. So I'll get to that in just a little bit. But Henry Ruggs, the first round draft pick, number 12 overall out of Alabama, the speedster. Looks like he's going to be fine. That's according to a source and also according to Adam Schefter. Now, let me go ahead and jump ahead because I did say that I had a date for training camp and the date for training camp for all teams has been put at July 28th. And I know that's something that I've mentioned a couple times before, but right now it is basically set in stone that July 28th is going to be when all teams report to training camp. Again, still a slight chance that they could report a little bit early, a couple weeks early just to get, you know, the ball rolling and get some guys in there and get acclimated to camp. But right now, July 28th looks like it's going to be the date. And on top of that, on Thursday, Thursday, the NFL actually extended its virtual offseason. They said uh, there's going to be no on-field minicamps at all in the month of June. The NFL is still trying to figure out how training camps will work after the pandemic, but rookies so far could report probably as early as July 22nd, and the preseason could be cut to two games, but there will be no on-field minicamps at all. The league has notified teams its virtual period for offseason work will be extended through June 26th. No minicamps at all. That goes from uh, NFL Network's Tom Pelissero. He reported that on Thursday. Uh, teams will have the option to extend their virtual offseason program for another two weeks or discontinue after this week as a large group of teams are doing so. The NFL and NFLPA continue to work together on remaining protocols to create a safe reopening for training camp, which is expected next month. So again, it's not really earth-shattering, breaking news. It's something that we all expected. The The NFL has been taking the kind of wait-and-see approach. They've been, you know, oh, yeah, we extended a couple more weeks. Oh, we extended a couple more weeks. I said months ago, or not months ago, but I, I said like three or four weeks ago that they're not going to have any kind of on-the-grass activity, no minicamps, no any OTAs. It's all going to be virtual all the way up till training camp. The Saints were the first team that I remember that said, you know what, don't worry about nothing virtual. Just uh, be in the best shape of your life and get ready for training camp. And that's what I said. I, I think I said that exact that time, and I said, you know what, all the teams need to go ahead and do that because that's what it's going to be, and that's exactly what it is. But the Raiders, to their credit, they're going to continue to do as much – 
classroom work as they can and get as many guys, you know, up to speed as far as they can, you know, as close as, as possible by way of virtual. So they're going to continue to do their work all the way up till the end of the month and then prepare for training camp July 28th. So that's the update there on mini camp and what the uh, the Raiders and the NFL have said about the offseason. My final piece of news that I wanted to bring to you here in segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast actually is just a little bit of a, it's like a statement that was put out on uh, Adam Kaplan's NFL Corner. He's an NFL insider uh, from Sirius XM Radio, but he does a really, really good job. He was putting out a, he put out a piece and he was talking about multiple teams and he started talking about the Raiders. And I just wanted to pass on what he said about the Raiders because I thought it was pretty interesting. He said, the Raiders, no shortage of talent on offense. The offense is ready to take off. For the first time in years, the Raiders believe they have the making of a complete offense. He said, while 2019's first-round pick running back Josh Jacobs had a terrific first season, it was very hard to watch their passing game last season. Starting wide receiver Tyrell Williams suffered a plantar fascia injury very early in the season, and he only missed two games, but he was limited by the injury quite a bit, and the team struggled to find quality depth at the position. And finding anyone who had speed at the position was equally as difficult. Now, Williams is 100% recovered, and with the addition of first-round pick Henry Ruggs, the Raiders believe they have a terrific size and speed combo. He said Ruggs, who I'm told will line up at the Z position, is expected to be fully recovered from the cut he recently suffered on one of his thighs way before training camp starts. With Jacobs, Williams, Ruggs, slot wide receiver Hunter Renfro, and athletic tight end Darren Waller, the coaches will be able to take advantage of matchups on a consistent basis for the first time in head coach John Gruden's second run with the team. Word around the team is the offense has the makings of one of their best in years, and they'll be able to tackle defenses in a variety of ways. This is where it really gets interesting. He said, after this season, look for third-round pick Brian Edwards, who is still rehabbing his surgically repaired ankle to possibly start at the X position. Williams, who carries a base salary of $11 million for this season, became fully guaranteed three days after the Super Bowl, has no guaranteed money past this season. Edwards doesn't figure to have much of a role this season, but he was drafted with the belief he could start down the line, and the Raiders were one of the many teams that felt he was a first-round talent just based on tape study, but his injury history dropped him down draft boards. That's from Adam Kaplan, who is an NFL insider. He also is on Sirius XM Radio, does a really, really good job, knows exactly what he's talking about. And from everything he said, I totally agree. That note he has on Brian Edwards is very, very interesting. I was talking about the wide receiver position just the other day, and he's saying that Edwards doesn't expect to have much of a role his rookie year. And I can understand that. He's coming off an injury, and there's a lot of talent on the field, and there's a lot of guys that can battle for those positions. But with Tyrell Williams' contract and him not having basically any guaranteed money next season, not this season, but next season, I could easily see Tyrell Williams being cut and released and, and let go. And, and all of a sudden, there it is. Brian Edwards takes over his role. But he's got to find a way to stay healthy. His biggest issue, the reason why he was a third-round pick and not a first or a, a late first or early second-round pick is because of his injury history. He's got to find a way to get healthy and stay healthy. If he can then the Raiders got to steal. Now, if he's going to stay injured throughout his career, and look, it's, a, it's if you're an injury guy, if you're a guy prone to injury, a lot of times you always remain a guy prone to injury. But if you can be a guy that's, that's not, and you can find a way to shake that injury bug, he could end up being a really good steal for the Raiders, getting him in the third round. So uh, don't expect a lot. This is from Adam Kaplan again. Don't expect a lot from Brian Edwards his rookie year. Make sure that uh, you think that Tyrell Williams is going to be the guy. That's what they're saying. But following this season, Tyrell Williams might 
might not be around, and Brian Edwards could be the guy. I thought that was really, really good information. Found that pretty intriguing. Again, Adam Kaplan, he put out his uh, his little report, and it was basically uh, talking about you know teams' offenses and, and different teams in the league. And uh, when he came to the Raiders, he said no shortage of talent on offense, and the offense could be ready to take off. I found that pretty interesting. So, uh, yeah, that's the latest and the greatest as far as that goes. Coming up in segment number two, I want to talk about Derek Carr and how big of a year this is for him. And I'll give you multiple reasons on why this is a really, really big year. There's always a lot of conversations around him. People ask me about him all the time. I'll give you my thoughts. And this is based off a conversation I had on ESPN Central Texas. I'll tell you about that next here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast on this Friday, June 12th. 2020 your boy q here you know you can always hit me up on twitter as many of you do at your boy q254 i definitely appreciate anytime you reach out and i definitely try to get back to you asap as soon as possible want to talk to you in this segment about Derek carr and this is not going to be Derek carr slander it's not going to be what he can't do what he can do it has nothing to do with that this actually comes from a conversation that i was having on espn central texas i do this segment every single day at 1 p.m central time called cover three q's cover three nfl news notes of the day and so on Thursday I started it talking about the Detroit Lions and their lack of the run game do you know that the Detroit Lions and I know this is not a podcast about the Lions but do you know the Lions have not had a running back that ran for a thousand yards since 2013 think about that 2013 was the last time they had a running back that has ran for a thousand yards and that was Reggie Bush I mean, seriously, like that wasn't even Reggie Bush at his prime. That was like Reggie Bush at the end of his NFL career. But still, 2013 was the last time they had a running back that went for 1,000 yards. That's unbelievable to me, but that's the case. And so anyway, I started the conversation. I started the Cover 3 segment talking about the Lions. And so somehow this conversation went from the lack of a running game to Matthew Stafford and the fact that, you know, he's the franchise quarterback and he's been there for so long and he's made a lot of money, but yet at the same time, he hasn't won a lot of games. So we got into the conversation and this was my argument. Would you rather have a quarterback that got a lot of stats or a quarterback that got a lot of wins. And the thing is, the reason why this came up is Matt Stafford, and he's made like $207 million in his career. I mean, that's just unbelievable. He's made so much money in his career. He has made that money, and he hasn't had a whole lot of wins. And matter of fact, he hasn't won a game yet in the playoffs. He's over when it comes to the playoffs, and he's only been in the playoffs three times. But it just came up, and that was one of the conversations that we were having. And so it just it just made me think, and somebody hit us up on our Bush's Chicken text line that we have and uh, was like, well, what about Dak? And, you know, the, it's so funny in Central Texas when you talk about the Cowboys, you talk about Dak. There's some people that love him and some people hate him because I don't know why. I don't really know why you would hate him because he has a winning record. I mean, the dude wins games. That's, it doesn't have to be pretty, but he wins games. That's always been my argument. Like, this dude wins games. His, his record's not, you know, 8-8. Eight and eight. He's not 500. He's an actual winner when it comes to, you know, winning games. But anyway, we're talking about Matt Stafford. You know, the, the stat comes up that he was one of the, the – actually, he was the fastest quarterback to reach 40,000 passing yards. And so I said, well, that's great. How many games has he won? Remember, the Lions are a team that went 0-16. So I just kept thinking. I was like, man, I don't care about stats. I don't care if you got 40,000 passing yards. I don't care if you got 4 million touchdowns. You could have all the stats in the world if you don't win games. What does that mean to me? 
And so that was the conversation. I said, but at the same time, even with all the stats he got and all the lack of wins he got, the Lions still gave him a boatload of money. Well, we all know as Raider fans that Derek Carr got paid. He got paid in a major way. Big Reggie McKenzie gave him a contract before they decided to go and give Khalil Mack a contract. Whatever whatever the feeling is, that's fine. It doesn't matter. you got to pay your quarterback, right? And I will say he's the best option right now for the Raiders, even though you know I've been talking about replacing him, even though... Uh, you know, he's had moments he, in 2016. He was a guy that looked like he could be the MVP until he broke his ankle. Either way, Derek Carr has done really good things since he came into the league and has stabilized the, the, the quarterback position for the Raiders. I've said that multiple times. But all in all, and this is not 100% on him, so someone's going to text me or call me right now and say, but Q, football's a, a team sport. It's not just on the quarterback. You're right. But if we're talking about the quarterback position and we're talking about Derek Carr, we're talking about how big of a year this is in 2020, Right now, Derek Carr, in his career, in 94 career starts, his overall record is 39 and 55. 39 and 55 in his career in the NFL. He's had one winning season the whole time he's been in the league. Do you rather have a quarterback that has stabilized the position and is good and you feel like, you know what, he can get it done, he just hasn't been able to because he hasn't had the team around him? Or do you want to go out on the limb and find a guy that you think could take you and get you over the top? I'm sorry, but in certain aspects, I feel like once you've become a guy who's not accustomed to winning, you're not going to be a guy who's accustomed to winning. You know what I mean? It's like certain guys, if you just kind of breed winning. If you're a guy who has lived your whole life and you've played sports and you've lost on every level of it, but you're a good player, I, I'm not trying to disrespect you, but you kind of got losing tendencies, right? Right now, and it's not 100% on Derek Carr. I, I want to make sure I say that a thousand times so someone doesn't call screaming at me. Derek Carr has losing tendencies. Yes, when he took over the team as a rookie, the team was terrible. Yes, the team has been terrible and been very inconsistent and hasn't had any kind of continuity as far as coaching staff goes and players go. I get that. But at the same time, he's the guy that's stuck with the record. And he's got a record of 39 and 55 and 94 career starts. And he also has the, the payday. If he was still on a rookie contract, nobody would care about his record. They'd say, oh, well, he still has time to, to grow into it. Derek Carr is a couple years out from... The Raiders having to make another decision on do we give him another contract? And that's why I'm really bringing this up. Because Matt Stafford has not only had one contract extension, he's had like two. Again, I, I told you, he's made $207 million in his career. That's a lot of money. So let me put it to you like this. In 2020, Derek Carr, this year, is going to make $18.9 million, which is a base salary. That's a great salary right there for a starting quarterback in the league. Very manageable. Now, he does have a $21 million cap hit and $7.9 million in dead money if they were to release him, but that's not happening. And again, this year, he is the best guy for the job. Marcus Mariota, a lot of people look at and say, well, maybe he could take over. No, he's not the best guy for the job. He doesn't know John Gruden's offense. He's not 100% healthy. This is going to be a weird offseason. Derek Carr is the best guy for the team in 2020. Now, you look ahead to 2021, $19.5 million is his base salary. It's still very reasonable. Very reasonable for a starting quarterback in the league. I mean, you look at Dak Prescott with the Cowboys. By 2021, he's going to be making close to probably $35 million. I mean, even if he just plays on the franchise tag this year, he's going to make $31 million. So he's getting paid. But again, he has a winning record. So back to Derek Carr, because that's what we're here about. 2021, $19.5 million is his base salary. Very reasonable. He has a $22 million cap hit, but only $2.5 million in dead money. So if they release him, if they cut him in 2021, 
only thing that happens to them is they got $2.5 million in dead money on their salary cap. That's very manageable. But I still don't believe that they just go ahead and move on from and say, you know what, DC, we don't want you this year. You're not getting it done. Now, unless he just stinks it up in 2020. And I don't think he's going to stink it up. Now, there's going to be moments where there's people going to call in and be like, you know what? Derek Carr's got to go. Man, he sucked this game. I'm sure we're going to hear that a few times in 2020. But for the most part, I think he's going to probably have a pretty good season. But again, is a pretty good season going to be what you want to give him another fat contract? Or after 2022, do you decide, hey, we'll just give him the franchise tag and hit him with a one-year deal? I mean, that's the question that the Raiders will have as a front office. In 2022, he's owed $19.7 million in base salary and $19.8 million in cap hit. But you know how much dead money it is if they just release him and just said, you know what, DC, you're out of here. We're going to cut you. Zero dollars. Zero dead money in 2022. So... Honestly, they can release him in 2021, move on from him, and be fine because it's only a 2.5 million dead money. But 2022 is zero. So you have nothing to lose in 2022. So that's why I go back to this year is so big for him because he's got to show Raider Nation. Not only does he understand John Gruden's offense, not only does he know how to take advantage of the weapons that they brought in and the offense that they have around him, he's got to find a way to win games. Because in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, I care more about W's and L's than I care about stats. Did Derek Carr have a statistically a better year than he's had ever in his career last year? Yes, but the team went 7-9. and nine. I, If the team had went 9-7, and seven, we'd have a different conversation. But we're talking about a team that went 7-9 and nine in 2019. He's got to find a way to turn that thing around. I've talked about it multiple times that I expect 2020, the team competes for, a playoffs, for the playoffs and probably be a wild card. He's got to find a way to do that. He's got to get nine or 10 wins to get to the playoffs in 2020. That's on him. Even if he comes away with 10 wins, he's still only sitting at 49. He has 55 career losses right now. So unfortunately for Derek Carr, he's one of these quarterbacks that went into a situation when he was drafted and it wasn't ideal. It wasn't the best situation. He didn't have a lot to work with and he got off on a bad start. And really for the most majority of his con- his career, he's been in a bad situation. He had one really good year. That was 2016. One. That's it. So this year, not only does he have to understand the concept of the offense and take advantage of the, the, the weapons that have been brought in and really take command and be John Gruden's guy, he's got to find a way to win games. Or if he doesn't, and they decide they want to give him another contract, keep him around because, well, he's got a bunch of numbers. You know what he turns into? He turns into Matt Stafford. And I like Matt Stafford. I like him as a quarterback. I like his ability. I like his skills that he has. But you know what I don't like? His win-loss record. And that's the problem. you got to have a guy that can win games. And Matt Stafford, for all the money he's made, he does not win games. It's just simple as that. So that was the conversation that we had on, uh, on ESPN Central Texas. And it really got into a serious debate. And I kept saying, like, look, I'll take... I'll take the guy who doesn't get it done in a pretty fashion. I'll take the guy who's not really the guy who's going to extend the ball all the way down the field and, and do a whole lot of stuff that just looks great and appealing to the eye and sexy to the eye. I'll take that over a guy that can win games I, I, I or take that over a guy who doesn't win games. I don't care what it looks like. I just want to see you win games. Matt Stafford's overall career record is 68-78-1. and one. And yet he's made 207 point something million dollars in his career. If Derek Carr doesn't find a way to get things turned around and win games, he's going to be the Raiders version of Matt Stafford. Good quarterback, puts up good numbers, 
doesn't win a lot of games. And ultimately, the only thing that matters in the game of football is W's and L's. I don't care how you get it done. And I actually had someone hit me up and said, well, Q, you said that Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't the guy, but he was in the Super Bowl last year. You're right. You're right. And, and I had to admit, like, you know what? I don't believe in Jimmy G as a starting quarterback, but he was in the Super Bowl in 2019. They lost, but he was there. It wasn't pretty how he got them there, but he did lead them there. It's something to be said about a guy who has leadership skills and, and, and is just a natural-born winner and finds a way to get it done. And I'm not trying to bring up old stuff, but that's what I was talking about when it came to Jalen Hurts and who he was. I just felt like he was a natural-born winner, and sometimes it's ugly, but he finds a way to get it done. I think that that is the way that the Raiders need to be is with a guy who can find ways to win games. I'm not a Cowboy fan, but I am a Dak Prescott fan because you know what he does? He wins games. His rookie year as a fourth-round pick, a compensatory pick, he went 13-3. and And yes, his weapons that he had around him were a lot better than what Derek Carr had. I get it. But still, as a wide-eyed, bushy-tailed rookie, he went 13-3. and You know how many playoff wins he has? One. You know how many more wins that is than Derek Carr has in the playoffs? One. Derek Carr hasn't even played in the playoffs. And that's not his fault because 2016 he got injured. He would have played in the playoffs, but He's only been in position to be in the playoffs one time. At least Dak Prescott's been there three times. Again, not trying to just compare quarterbacks to quarterbacks to quarterbacks, but do you want the guy to be the modern-day Matt Stafford? Do you want them to be the Raiders' version of Matt Stafford, or do you want him to, to establish his own lane? I would love for him to establish his own lane, and it's going to start this year. He's got to find ways to win games. He's got to be looking at the end of the season at nine wins, 10 wins, maybe even 11 wins. If he could do that, then all of a sudden you're cooking with grease. Then you go into the next year and you put together another campaign where you get nine wins, 10 wins, or 11 wins. Now you turn that percentage around, that win percentage around, where it's all of a sudden, hey, this guy, he can win. He is a consistent winner. He has winning tendencies. Right now, if you look at his overall record, he does not have winning tendencies. And in a couple seasons, there's going to be a big question. Do you extend him? Do you franchise him? Do you release him? What do you do? There's going to be a lot of questions, and he needs to start answering those questions, and he needs to start answering those questions this season. Coming up in segment number three, your thoughts, your texts, and your calls straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. This is the Locked On Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your time to shine, your text, your calls, straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. First up is a text from Diego from San Diego. He says, hey, Q. It's Diego from San Diego. I've been seeing all over social media recently pictures of Allegiant Stadium with the Raiders logo on the 50-yard line on artificial turf. Do you know what that's about? Is it just for pictures, or will UNLV have to play on a field with the Raiders logo on it? Also, being from San Diego, I drive past the Chargers' old practice facility every single day. Nobody here uses it. If the Raiders don't want to go to Napa anymore and Henderson is so hot that it limits them to a field and a half indoors, what do you think about the Raiders doing training camp in San Diego in the future? Great weather and great for L.A. and San Diego Raider fans. And only for a four-hour drive from Vegas. Just a thought. Thanks, Q. Diego out. Thank you so much for that text, my man. I appreciate you. The Raiders logo on the uh, artificial turf at Allegiant Stadium, that's that's like their backup field. 
It's just basically, it's kind of for pictures right now, but it is their alternate field. It's not the grass field. The grass track is obviously outside, and UNLV is going to have their field that's going to have the UNLV logo on it. But the one that you're seeing right now on social media, that is just like their alternate backup field just in case of emergency break glass. That's what that's for. So don't no, no worries. UNLV will play on their own field, but uh, that's what that's for. Uh, as far as San Diego goes, I, I just don't think that that's going to happen. I don't think it's a bad idea. I think it's kind of like what the, the Cowboys, uh, what they do when they go to Oxnard, California. I think it'd be great to have the Raiders, instead of being in Henderson, and, you know, in Nevada uh, during, the, during the training camp, to go to like a San Diego or go to back to Napa or whatever. Uh, I, I just don't see it happening. But I see where you're going with that, and I think it's a great idea and great concept. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to be 100% committed now to Nevada and wherever they decide to have their training camp after this year, which we all know will be in Henderson. Thank you so much for that text. Appreciate you. Next up is a call from Raider Russell calling in real quick about the roundtable podcast that we put out on Thursday across the Locked On Podcast Network. Here he is, Raider Russell, sharing his thoughts. Q, this is Raider Russell from Tampa Bay. Listen, just listen to the podcast with the other uh, members of the group talking about black issues, and uh, um, it, it really it really touched me. I, I you know, I, I'm I was really uh, very taken aback and. Uh, um, I, I was very eye-opening, and uh, well, thank you, and uh, and thank you, thank the whole team. Uh, we really needed to get that information, and, and thank the uh, the director for of lockdown. It was great. Uh, it was well worth the time. You have a great day, Raider Russell. Thank you so much for that uh, that call, my man. I definitely appreciate you. And yeah, man, got a lot of good fi- positive feedback on the roundtable discussion that we had. I was really blessed to be a part of that. Really, really honored that they asked me to be a part of that. And uh, man, I just thought that the stories that were shared and the conversation that we all had, instead of just you know being and mowing and talking a lot of trash, it was more like just like, hey, this is what it is. Put it out there on the table. And I think that we really uh, maybe maybe uh, you know. Not educated people, I don't want to say that, but just kind of opened up the door and, and kind of shed a little bit of light of what's going on inside of our world, you know? And, and so I appreciate you uh, hitting us up on the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line and, and giving your thoughts on it. But yeah, I thought it was a real positive conversation as well. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate you. Next up is a text from Joe in SoCal. Q, thank you for being a part of the solution. You have used your platform to educate and be a catalyst for change. What an emotional listen today, and I love it. Good effing work. Let's go. Take care. Again, that's Joe from SoCal. Thank you so much for that text, my man. And I'm going to tell you straight up, this subject that we've been talking about ever since everything that went down with George Floyd is probably one of the most difficult subjects to talk about. But yet I've done radio interview on top of radio interview on top of doing my own show uh, on top of interviews that I've had guests on my show. It's just it's been a very difficult conversation. But like I've said multiple times, I feel like it's been positive, a lot of positive and a lot of direction that, uh, you know, is going forward where it's like, okay, we're just tired of this. You know, and so I've been even getting more comfortable even talking about this subject when it's not easy, because honestly, in my life, because I know that this goes on and I've dealt with it so many times, I've just accepted it. And that's probably something that we never should do. We should never settle and we should never accept things. I've always accepted stuff because that's just the way it is. And I've always told everyone, including my kids, like, as long as you know what the next man is thinking about you, that's half the battle. And that's how I've gone into things. And really, it's helped me or overcome a lot of issues. I know what someone who's, who's not, you know, not looking at me as their equal is thinking. So at least that's part of the, the, the battle that I feel like I can win because I'm, I'm not expecting something from someone that, 
that's not going to happen. I expect the worst, and if something better happens, then great. That's gravy. But I, I feel like now we don't have to expect the worst. Now people are expected to not think dumb. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I feel like people now are, are, are thinking positively and thinking, you know what? We need to make a change. So uh, thank you for that. And I feel like this conversation is just getting better and better and easier and easier. And uh, the communication line is getting better. So thank you so much for that text. I definitely appreciate you. Next up is a call from Sean from Salt Lake City. He's calling to talk about the wide receiver conversation that we had, I believe, on Wednesday. Uh, but he had his thoughts on it. So here he is, Sean from Salt Lake City. Yo, Q, Raider Nation, Sean from Salt Lake City. Uh, just driving home from work. I'm listening to, what is today's Wednesday? Wednesday's pod. You're talking about the receiving core and Raul's uh, tweets back and forth with you about Rico Gafford and stuff. And I, mean, I like what he's thinking with the whole Rico Gafford, Henry Ruggs, and speed. That'd be kind of cool. We can do a lot with that. Um... I mean, Rico Gafford doesn't have a lot of, like, I don't have a lot of faith in him just because of just sample size of just anything, you know? Um, but with you saying that Lim Bowden's going to make a team as a receiver, um, I'm going to, I'm not going to disagree with you because I think you could be right. But one, he is number 33, so that's why I assume he's going to be a running back. I know that's kind of a weird reason to think that, but that's just kind of where my mindset's going. But at the same time, I also think it, it um, depends on, Devontae Booker, I think he is going to be the, or even Rod Smith, or he's a fighting factor. If one of those two guys can really just kind of kick ass in training camp and prove to be like a, a someone they can trust on third and one, on fourth and one, on short down situations, things like that, because then that's going to make then you can have Richard and that guy is a true complement to Josh Jacobs. But if and then that you can put Lynn Bowden and he can be that Swiss Army knife. But if Booker's not going to do it, Bowden's going to hold down the running back position. Um, I just, I think just him with Carr, I mean, you call him check down Carr, whatever, but I mean, you put him and, I mean, for sure it makes a living off that, right? You put someone with a skill to like Bowden on that, on those wheel routes, on those little quick passes, oh my gosh, that's, that's amazing. Um, so I just think with the whole argument with Rico Gafford, if he's going to make it as a receiver, I think he is, oh, like you said, a bubble guy, but I think a big thing that's going to help him out is if Devontae Booker does not make the team, in my opinion. Um, either way, I hope Marcel doesn't make the team. I'm sick of his lazy ass, uh, but that's just my opinion. Anyways, I'm out. Sean, it's Salt Lake City. It's always good to hear from you, my man. And, no, you're not wrong as far as Bowden Jr. goes. He's a running back. No doubt about it. He is a running back. The Raiders announced him as a running back. He's got the number as a running back. He is a running back. My point of saying that he's a Swiss Army knife is just that. He could be used as a slot guy if need be. You know what I mean? Just in case of emergency, break glass. Again, I go back to that. He's a Swiss Army knife. That's my biggest point when it comes to Bowden Jr. I feel like, and this is just my personal feelings, he can make someone expendable because of his skills in multiple positions. You know what I mean? You don't have to carry another guy because this dude could probably get it done on a level that you're not expecting. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's my thing. Bowden Jr., I, I don't know if I didn't make it clear the other day, is definitely a running back. But he has skills to be a wide receiver if need be. So it could take away from a guy that that's the only thing he could do, especially if he's a fringe on the on the uh, you know on the bubble type guy and Booker, yeah, he's got his work cut out for him. He's a guy that would be really good if he's healthy and, and could go ahead and play that role at the running back position. But 
he hasn't proven to be healthy throughout his career. You know, I mean, there's a reason why when he was in Denver the last year he was there, he was apparently healthy, but he was like a healthy scratch. So he's going to go out there and he's going to have to earn it. So thank you so much for that call. I appreciate you. I hope that cleared that up a little bit. Next up is a text from Raider203, and he's talking about the wide receiver conversation I had the other day as well when he says, Q, how do you feel about Nelson Aguilar? I don't think you mentioned him this morning. Uh, do you put him with Dawson probably or say in maybe? I enjoyed the show, Raider203. And then also on a Thursday, he said, great pod today, Raider203, talking about the roundtable conversation. And thank you so much for that text. And, yeah, that's something that I just missed. I mean, there's no excuse. I just absolutely missed when talking about all the wide receivers. I just completely whiffed on Nelson Aguilar. I mean, I did. And I know he got signed super early in the offseason, but there's no reason why I missed him. I just did. And I had him on my list. Like, I had notes that I had jotted down, and I just completely overlooked him. With that being said, I think the only way that Aguilar makes the team, and this is just my gut feeling, I know there's others that think that he's a really good wide receiver. I don't believe that. I don't believe he's a really good wide receiver. I believe the only way he'll make the team is by way of special teams. If he could prove that he could be the everyday uh, punt returner or the everyday kick returner, that's how he makes the team. He doesn't have the hands. His hands are just not good enough, in my opinion, to make the team as a wide receiver. He's put too many balls on the ground. But again, that's just my feeling. So uh, I, I completely whiffed on on talking about him. I shouldn't have, and I did. So I apologize for that. A lot of people reached out to me on uh, social media and was like, Q, what about Aguilar? And I was like, man, my bad. I mean, there's there's no excuse. You just, or I just... I just missed him, so uh, thank you for that. Definitely appreciate it. Next up is a call from Easton Raider. He's taking me back because he's calling about how long he's actually been listening to me, first on music radio in Fresno and then sports, and then he talks about Derek Carr, what he means to the team, not only offensively but defensively. Here he is, Easton Raider from the 559. Yo, Q, what's up? Uh, Easton Raider here, Southwest Fresno. I text before, never called in. Um... I just want to say I really appreciate uh, you on the radio, you uh, on the podcast every day. I say radio because I've been listening to you uh, since, what, 15 years ago when you were on Q97, our local radio station here. I don't know. Was it named after you, Q97? I don't know. Anyways, uh, always loved your energy, your passion, kind of pulled you into the radio, and uh, you still have that energy and passion, and I love listening to it every day. Um, seen you on the Silver and Black show uh, the other day, and it's the first time I ever seen your face. And uh, you're one of the few that I've heard on the radio or a podcast that's like, "Hey, that guy's voice that matches his face." I, I, I don't ever remember that happening. Anyways, um, obviously being from Fresno, I'm a huge diehard Derek Carr fan. I loved him since Fresno State. And um, I, I'm just a believer in him, and I think that he is the quarterback, at least uh, for the next few years while his contract gets played out. I think he's the quarterback that we need. Um, he's starting to figure it out with John Gruden, and he has a really great contract that um, some of these other quarterbacks coming up now are going to be making $35, $40 million. and I think it's going to hurt their team to be honest. Um, they're not going to be able to add depth and weapons around them um, anymore because their quarterback makes so much money. And what does Derek Carr make, 20, 22 million in the next couple of years? Uh, I believe we're going to be able to add that depth and weapons uh, to our team. And we have an above average quarterback. I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think that you can get any better than that. 
Um, he developed a very good relationship so far with, like, Hunter Renfro and Tyrell Williams, and I hope he can develop that with Henry Ruggs. Um, he, he's developing that relationship that he had with, like, uh, back in the day, like Michael Crabtree in 2016 and Amari Cooper. And I think he can uh, – if he can continue that, I, I think we're going to be just fine. Um, defense is getting a little better. Um, and like I said, by his contract, I think we're going to be able to add more defensive players and studs in the next couple of years. Let his contract play out and let's see what he got. I mean, unless he actually completely stinks it up, which I, I don't think he's going to do, you know, and in that case, we do have Marcus Mariota, but big, big believer in Derek Carr, love him, hope he can succeed. And, um, yeah, I think we're going to be just fine here next year and in the foreseeable future. I just wanted to give a shout-out to some of my favorite guys that call in. Uh, T3 Raider Facts, love that guy's information and facts. Uh, Rahul, love him, love his passion. And uh, Jordan from Oregon, sitting over here on the West Coast with me, love his information. And last thing I wanted to say was uh, you didn't mention uh, Nelson Aguilar, um, and your wide receivers that you thought would make the team or on the bubble or guaranteed to get cut. And I'm taking that as he's not even an option um, with the little contract that we did give him uh, to make the team. I, I think he's a nice veteran presence, but, I mean, he's Mr. Butterfingers, can't hold on to the ball. So uh, unless he shows out crazy in training camp, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. All right, man. Uh I don't know how you're going to do this message. I know I talk too much. I'm sorry, but love the show, and uh, you guys uh, stay safe out there. Good call right there, my man. That's Eastern Raider calling out the 559, taking me back to my days at Q97. I ain't mad at that. My man said I've been listening to you for 15 years. Kind of made me feel old there, but it's okay, man. I appreciate uh, you checking me out, man. And, and that's funny, man. It's, it's like it's almost like we're family right there. So I definitely appreciate you reaching out and uh, saying what's up. And, uh, yeah, kind of what I talked about in segment two when it comes to Derek Carr. I mean, he's got an opportunity to make it happen, but he's got to start it this year. And he had his 2016 season, but that's the one that everyone always goes back to. Like, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, he did this. Now he's got to do it, and he's got to show that he can do it consistently. 2020 is a launching point for him. Make it happen. Go out there, win games. Next year, go out there, win games. Year after that, go out there and win games. I mean, he's got to show he could be that dude. And uh, going back to Nelson Aguilar, like I mentioned before, to uh, Raider 203, I just completely missed I completely missed on him, didn't have him, uh, didn't mention him, even though he was on my list. So uh, that's what that is. But, uh, yeah, uh, again, thank you for reaching out to me, man. I definitely, definitely appreciate you. Final text of the show comes from Hillbilly Raider. He says, A-Q, A-Raider Nation, Hillbilly Raider here. Just thought I would share my unbiased opinion on the Built Bars. I just got my variety pack and have tried two flavors so far. I was so hesitant to order, I kept thinking Q was selling and full of blank. He still might be. <laughs> just kidding. But I like having just a simple breakfast bar, so I finally gave in and tried them. While, yes, they are on the chewy side, that is 10 times better than any other protein bar I've tried. Quest bars are rubbery like Pure Protein, Gatorade, Cliff, MP Combat, Big 100, all these I've tried and I've not been happy or said, man, this tastes good. But just from these two bars, these bars are legit. Toffee almond is surprisingly good, and I don't even like toffee. LOL. And the coconut chocolate cream is the one I'm currently eating, and it's actually, dare I say, good. 
So just another person's opinion. They won't be for everyone, just like other protein bars aren't for everyone, but they are worth trying if you're looking. Also, I do prefer them from the fridge. Makes them less chewy, but I suggest you try them both ways and find out for yourself. Again, that's from Hillbilly Raider. Thank you so much for that text, my man. I appreciate it. I know some get tired of, oh, my God, I don't want to hear about the Bill Bar. I don't want to hear people calling in about the Bill Bar. But, damn it, if you call in and you make a statement, and if you say it's not good, I'm going to play it too because that's your opinion. But since I get a compliment from the Built Bar, I get comments from someone who's listening and bought some, it's better than me even saying that, hey, these are great. Hey, listen to you, you know, your fellow peer. So, uh, again, I know I'll get a call or a text, and I've got them before. One guy called one day and was like, stop talking about the Built Bar. Look, man, you're calling talking about the Built Bar. So if you don't want to talk about it, don't call in and talk about it. But that's what they did. And so, I mean, again, you know the old saying that I got. You can't please everybody. But uh, Hillbilly Raider, it's good to hear from you, man. And, and glad that you enjoy the Built Bar. Like I said at the beginning of the show, I just got another box in, a box of 18, all coconut almond. And uh, BuiltBar.com, when you use the promo code Locked On, you'll get $10 off your first box. And then most people wonder, like, hey, well, what are you going to do with the, you know, next time you order some? Well, they send you coupons all the time on your email. So I got a bunch of good coupons on my email so you'll get those as well so thank you for that i appreciate it and that's gonna do it for today's show it's gonna do it for the week hopefully you enjoy uh what you've heard and uh have a great weekend do what you're gonna do i think we're gonna have a nice little uh, get together at the house on saturday like i said little q he's been here now a week it's been a lot of fun hanging and banging with him just doing what he does and uh make sure on sunday sunday morning uh you check out the silver and black today show we won't be on the radio on cbs sports we'll just be on youtube so if you check us out on youtube uh we'll be on again sunday morning uh, another opportunity for me to do uh some more raider conversation uh with the folks or the fine folks there in Vegas. I've been enjoying my opportunities with them, so uh, hopefully that continues. But this Sunday, we'll be on. We won't be on the radio in Vegas, but we'll be on YouTube. So, uh, yeah, that's what it is. Enjoy your weekend. Do what you do. We'll talk again on Monday. Until then, Raider Nation, as always, just win, baby.